One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrooks. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from Talk Sport. Game day, your verdict. It's been another jam-packed day in the Premier League. Liverpool made it 7 out of 7 with a 1-0 win at Bramall Lane. A 10-man Spurs hung on to beat Southampton 2-1 and goals from Gabriel Jesus, Mares, and Sterling gave Manchester City all three points against Everton at Goodison Park. You've had your say on TalkSport and TalkSport 2. Here's the very best of your thoughts from the full-time phoning with Adrian Durham and Matt Holland and your verdict with me, Laura Woods, Trevor Sinclair and Darren Bent. This is the Game Day Your Verdict podcast. Right, let's get straight into it then, and we'll go to Bramall Lane first, where TalkSport's Sam Matterface spoke with a very disgruntled Chris Wilder, following his side's 1-0 defeat to the league leaders, Liverpool. Chris, it's a difficult result to accept when you've played so very well in the game. How have you consoled Dean Henderson and your and your team? I've not. I've not. I've told him there's a massive missed opportunity, and I believe that. You know, whether we caught the, the champions uh, of Europe um, on an off day, um, whether our organisation and shape, you know, frustrated them. You know, we were never going to go toe to toe with them, and we were never going to go open up and make it a game of basketball because we got murdered. So um, we feel their big chances have, have happened because of our mistakes, and whether uh, our big chances were their mistakes, we need to take them. Um, and yet again, both both ends of the uh, of the pitch have cost us. Dean's, you know. Uh, not made a routine save and you know it absolutely I, I, I crack up when you know ex-players say well you shouldn't you shouldn't chuck your players under the bus well it's difficult to hide, hide when you're playing worldwide football in the Premier League that your goal kicker should make a save and uh, Leon Clark should score John Flake should score John Lundstrom should score uh, and we've had another couple of opportunities and uh, so I expect that level of commitment from my team and I expect you know, a level of performance, but big moments. Norwich were brilliant three weeks ago. Man City had an off day. Norwich jumped all over them, three shots, three goals, and ended up winning the game of football. Um, and, uh, and 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 did and did brilliant. We've had the same opportunity against an absolute top side to do what Norwich did, and we've not we've not taken it. And there's no point, I suppose, in your view of being sort of like happy about the fact that people will give you plaudits for the way you played. You've come out with nothing, and ultimately, we're in this division, you're in points. Sam, we're in here for points, aren't we? We're in here for points, and we've done that against Leicester, and we've done that against Southampton. All three home games that we've lost, you know, in my opinion, I'm not, uh, and I don't, I've got rose-tinted glasses, and I'm not a spin doctor, you know, and. And like I said, you know, it's difficult to hide away, hide away when things happen. And like I said, it's worldwide, and players have they want to play at the highest level. They got to take take the, 
the, uh, the the criticism and uh, and and the exposure that, that that happens. And if they want to be players at this level and, and want to keep going and make a name for themselves, then we got to take the big moments, and uh, and we haven't. And so it's been a great day. It's, you know, European champions coming to Bramall Lane. The atmosphere's been fabulous. You know, the exposure that it's get. But come on, you know, play well and win, or play well and get a result. And that's uh, we're in. Said Sam, we're in we're in this division. Not to make the numbers up, we're here to compete, be competitive, which I believe we can, and to take points, which we which we haven't. When you said that to your players, how did they respond? I'm not really bothered. <laughs> I'm not really bothered. I didn't think I'd give them time to have a look around. I just that was me in and out, done, and then back to work on Monday. <laughs> in terms of the support that you had today, it, I mean, it was a great noise here. I mean, it was almost suffocating at some point. How much of an advantage does that give you, and how much of a leveler is it? Is it a leveler? Yeah, it cranked it up. As I said, maybe you know, I'm sure you're going to think Liverpool have had an off day, and this couple of things that happen in that, you know, you know, as I said, the the noise that our supporters have created, I'm I'm, I'm made up for them. You know, they deserve this this day, and uh, the level of performance, the, the the shape of the team, you know, we were organised, and as I said, I think that their, their opportunities came first half with our two midfield players getting in a tangle, Basham misses one second half and obviously the goal comes from that as well. Do you need a bit more confidence in front of goal? I think we just need to have a little bit more belief because you know these are they're, they're routine routine situations that I've seen them Monday to Friday in the championship for two years, that ball's in the back of the net so you know we, we've got to make sure that we don't get phased by playing in the Premier League, the pitch sizes don't change, the situations don't change, we've worked great situations now, as everybody talks about, is the quality that, that decides tight games. And we've not shown that quality to decide a tight game. Um, and, and they've pounced on a mistake that's, that's decided a tight game. I'm actually ringing up about VAR. I mean, it, you know, it was a tough game. We expected to miss two big chances, Salah and Mane. But VAR, it's just a complete joke. Uh, again, we've had a stonewaller. I've, I've seen a few clips on uh, YouTube there. Richard Keyes, Andy Gray, David Moyes over in Qatar, Stonewall penalty, they've said, Steve McManaman, the lads on BT Sports, Stonewall penalty. VAR are basically just rubber stamping poor decisions on the field by the referee. Until the referee goes to the side of the pitch to see the views, the angles that we see, this is a complete waste of time. So for me, I think they should bin a lot until the referee is prepared to come. And as they did in the World Cup in Russia, view the, view the angles that we see. Because every time, you, we had one, Joel Matip against Newcastle, dragged down, going to head the ball in, in, from a corner, from a cross, uh, dragged down by the neck. VAR looks at it, didn't even say to the referee, have a look at this here at the side of the pitch, mate. Tony, Tony, you don't want the game to be stopping for two or three minutes while the referee comes over to the side of the pitch, though, do you? No, I don't. So, to, to make sure that doesn't happen, we need to scrap VAR completely. Well, that's not going to happen, though, is it? Well, OK, we're going to have a complete mess now. We're going to have a complete mess because the, the VAR referee, he's supposed to be a video-assisted referee. I, I believe, sorry, video-assisted referee. He's not assisting. All he's doing is rubber stamping poor decisions. So until they grow a spine at Stockley Park and say to the referee, you need to view this. We're not saying he needs to view every incident, but it's clear and obvious. We were told it was going to stop uh, clear and obvious mistakes, and it isn't doing that. It isn't doing that at all. The lads are all, you know, you look on YouTube, they're all saying it, all, all the, all the you know, broadcast networks, they're all saying it's a shocking decision. But we're seeing too many of them, and until they come in 
And, um, Let me just ask you this, Tony. I, I, I know the I know the incident you've you've talked about. I watched it a few times because mm. I, I really needed to make a firm decision on it. So those that haven't seen it, let me quickly describe it. Sadio Mane is in the box, obviously. He's got the ball at his feet. He's run onto a ball. As he's about to kick the ball, the uh, Sheffield United player comes in with a sliding challenge. He's not particularly high, but his studs are showing without a doubt. And Mane, as he's kicking the ball, the Sheffield United player doesn't touch the ball at all. Mane, as he's kicking the ball, uh, basically kicks the bottom of the Sheffield United player's foot. So, me, I personally, it's Lundstrom, isn't it? I think it is uh, a penalty, and and I cannot for the life of me. I can see why the referee might miss it, Tony, but I can't understand why... The VAR wouldn't have a look at that and instantly say penalty other than this high VAR bar, which is an utter nonsense. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, you know, I'll reiterate what I said there to Matt. I'm not saying that we need to view every incident, but when it's clear and obvious, you, you, you were in the World Cup, eh? it worked great, didn't it? There was a few bad ones, but in, in, in general, when the referee went to the monitor, it was usually because it was clear and obvious. And we, This isn't clearing up any of these clear and obvious incidents now, because until... They stopped rubber stamping the, the, the wrong uh, decision on pitch by the referee who's, who's officiating at the game. This is just going to go on and on and on. It's ridiculous. It's not working. Now, you, we either have to do this properly or, or can it completely, completely can it until we can do it properly. Now, other countries seem to be doing it okay. Germany's doing it you know, particularly well. But over here, we're, we're making a backside of this. This isn't working. <laughs> I tell you, Tony, thanks for the call. I, I, I've never been a fan of VAR, everybody knows that, but I, once it was in, I was prepared to accept it, but we weren't ready for it. They, they did not have it ready at all, and that's and yet, another and yet, incident that proves it. And yet, they spent last season sort of learning and trying to get it so that at the start of this season that it was going to be right. It isn't perfect, and it is going to take time to, to get it absolutely right. Uh, I think they probably will. I think next season it will be better, but it is still very much a learning curve in my eyes. Well, congratulations. Uh, another three points. Uh, the, the, the relentless run continues, but it was pretty difficult for you today. How, how difficult was it? Very, very difficult because the opponent is just good. Good organised. Um, I felt today a sensational spirit here in the stadium together with the team. It was really a good atmosphere, fighting complete fighting unit and we had to play against that and uh, they were really ready for us to be honest and we were for us it was didn't become a, a really a clicking day where you where things just happen you do it and you come through hit a pass there we had moments really big moments where we could have scored maybe should have scored um, but then Holland was in between um, and made a sensation safe and um, I thought that we defended the counter-attacks pretty well there were not too many that they are special they are specific um, way of play involving the, 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 the center halves for crossing stuff like this. We did we did well. We were there. Both wingers were really ready to work hard in these situations, which was very important. Yeah, and then we scored a goal, which was obviously for us lucky for for Sheffield United unlucky. And then we, we did again well. So he, 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 directly after the game, you could see uh, after the goal, you could see how it could have looked because then we were really where we wanted to be but they blocked shots in the box then and stuff like this in the last four or five minutes um, injury time you know long balls everything can happen but it didn't look like because the boys were then really um, spot on cleared these situations and so no obviously last season you got lots of plaudits for the way you played but didn't get over the line and win the title I think it was the year before sometimes (laughs) sometimes you you haven't played as well this season but you have got over the line 
How important is it they've got that mentality? Yeah, mentality is incredibly important, but I, I, I don't see we didn't play that well. It's, it's not about that. You have to be ready to win a game like this. That's how. That's that's you know, that's football. That means you defend well and you do attack well. We had chances. We didn't have ten chances today, but we had. I would say we scored a goal and we had another three. Maybe not no-brainers, but close to. Mm. I would say most of our scores in that situation. Usually, in a situation in the first half, when all of our three passed the ball to the next one at the end, um, I think all three could have scored, but we didn't. That, that we had this situation. That's how how football is in these moments. How I said, winning on a on a kind of rather average day is is. Um, there's no alternative to it. Usually, it can happen, especially after such a long time, um, um, such a long winning streak. It's, 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 it happens in moments like this yeah, to get the knock. So that's, that uh, we didn't get it because we were we were ready to fight, and that's um, that's good football. But I know what you mean. It's um, it's about you have to be ready to play your best football. If that's not working out, then you still have to fight for the result, and that's what we did. Tonight. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. Riyad, uh, that was a fantastic performance. Sometimes as well as the great ability that the team has got, you've got to show great effort as well, and you showed it today. Yeah, we showed a good team spirit as well. I think it was a tough game. We had uh, the first half, we had a lot of chances to win the game, to kill the game even, and we didn't. So that's the difference between this game and the game against Watford, where we scored the first five chances. But we have to go through this game, I guess, you know, and I think it's a very good sign to, to win here. What was the message at half-time from the manager? The message is keep playing. We are playing very good, you know. Try to to um, to keep passing, to, to find the space behind them. And that's what we did. We did. You scored a, a crucial free kick. Did you spot that area? Was that uh, the area that you spotted when you lined yeah, up the I kick? Spotted, you know, I, saw, I saw the keeper. I saw a little space there. It was difficult to put it under the wall. Uh, so I tried to the keeper the side keeper side. Um, I made, I think the little bounce made it difficult for him. So yeah. Okay. And um, at the other end, your goalkeeper didn't do too badly either, did he? Yeah, very good. We we know he's a top keeper, and that's why he's he's at this club and he's helping us when we need him. He's always here. 
So you keep up the five-point gap, as it were, uh, with Liverpool the early days. But you must be confident in terms of the way that you're playing at the moment. Yeah, we're very confident, you know. We never doubt about uh, our quality, our performances. We are very happy and uh, we have to keep going like this. That was a proper test, wasn't it, today? A proper yeah, test. Yeah, it was a good test for us, but I think we, we made it. We, like I said, we have to go through this type of game, difficult game, away, and we made a very good performance. And with that free kick, just give us a, an idea of, of how much you have to practice and get that absolutely right. Well, we have to practice in training. Uh, uh, I don't know if every day, but like you have to practice and... Uh, you have to find a good area to, to put the ball and you have you, are, you need a little bit of luck as well. So our third uh, live commentary this evening was City versus Everton at Goodison Park and it was City that w- walked away with a 3-1 win in the end but a good performance from Everton. I just wonder what Manchester City fans think of that performance. Let's go to John. He is a Manchester City fan. Um, John, sometimes like we said earlier on, uh, when you want to be champions and when you have been champions, you can't get it all your own way and it's important to grind out wins. Do you think that's what you did today? Proper grinding out and into it. But what, what it shows is the frailties. I'm just going to uh, and liken it to if you took Virgil van Dijk and one of the front three out of Liverpool starting 11, how weak would they be? Because mm. what we've got is a Merrick Laporte and uh, Sane out of our starting 11. Maybe Sane's not a regular starter, but what I like about it now is Mahrez has settled into uh, Pep Guardiola's way of play couple of decisions today in the way of passing the ball or, or, or shooting what we should have done differently. I think we had enough to win the game and I think the result's about fair but we, it was a, a proper premiership game where we were made to work for everything. But what I thought it highlighted is our lack of height in defence. So teams now are trying to get that dead ball situation against us. Yeah, Calvert-Lewin won just about everything in yeah, the air. Yeah, good, wasn't now, he? if somebody was working off him, mm. um, I know it's easy to say somebody a la Aguero who the profited today. It's easier said than done to get somebody like Sergio as a as um, a player in your starting eleven. I get that. But I thought Jesus, header, very brave. He went in with a goalkeeper. Um, De Bruyne and Roger is going to be something special in the middle of the park mm. and hopefully we can get um, I know it's in the new year but Emerick Laporte back uh, we've got enough, we can't rumble um, we've got players out on loan who are gaining experience and we've also got some young lads coming through uh, i.e. Uh, Eric Garcia mm. so hopefully we can get some more game time into him but he did expose the fact that we are lacking in height on dead ball situations and when they get to the width on us. But saying that, it compensates with uh, Edison. He comes for everything. If it was uh, David the uh, in our goals, they'd have profited today because he's rooted to his line. Edison comes for things. Um, don't know about the goal. Just looked at it again. Not sure about that. I know it was given, but it looked a bit dubious to me. But Everton, Everton deserved to, to make a get a goal and make a fist of it and it, it made us struggle yeah. that's what champions are made of right so, John yeah. lots of points lots of points there's a couple in there I know exactly what you're saying about height um, difficult though isn't it because Yerry Mina is about nine foot tall so yes. you're always going to look six, six. You're, yeah, six, you're, you're always going to look a little bit short when you're coming up against Yerry Mina you picked out the goal you're talking about Calvert-Lewins aren't you about well are we calling it Calvert-Lewins are we calling it Seamus Colmers well, I'm, a, I'm a striker so I'm calling it yeah. Calvert-Lewins so with Darren Bentz to the right of me uh, let's just ask him John because we were watching it live together and there were a couple of things that just stood out was he onside or was he offside Calvert-Lewin 
And ultimately, well, it was it was a wo- it was a Wobie actually, wasn't it? That got the ball through. City's defence did really well with that. Passed it off to Seamus Coleman on the right. Seamus Coleman's shot went over the top of Edison, and then it was going in. And then Calvert Lewin, who was who was in an offside position, then managed to get ahead to it. But it was almost like whether or not he was always he was already over the line when he got his head to it. But it's been credited to Calvert Lewin. Um, first of all, when you say it was dubious, which part of it for you was dubious? It should. It, well, if Calvert Lewin's name's on that goal, that's what's dubious. Yeah. If it was Seamus Coleman whose name's on the goal, I don't have a problem with it. And is it? And because you think he was offside? Well, clearly. So if Calvert Lewin is is having his name credited to that goal, I get I get you, Darren. I understand. <laughs> um, but what I'm saying is, I think very brave by Wolby in the first instance, he's gone in there where it hurts and it matters um, and he's shown his metal and he's come through. I know the ball squirts out, I get that, but Seamus Coleman for a, for a full-back, that, that, that's just um, a, a nice little dink, isn't it? You know, yeah. you're not expecting that in the locker of a full-back. So, I think if Calvert-Lewin's name stands against that goal, that's offside. If it's Seamus Coleman's, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be. It, it looked it, it looked really tight. The Calvert Lewin. I mean, obviously he's put him in there, and as you're saying there, um, if it's Seamus Coleman, it's a great finish because then he's a fullback. It's a great finish, but um, when you obviously look at the replay, it's tight whether he's offside or not. But it's clearly Calvert Lewin's goal because the ball doesn't cross the line. But I, I, I want to pick pick up what he said there about defensively because I think that is the only place at the minute where Manchester City look a bit frail is at the back four is at the back four because they, they, like, they are getting out-jumped and out-muscled and it has been difficult for them. But I think in strength and depth, I think the biggest positive Manchester City fans can take away from today was that it was a tough game, but they came through it. And do you know what I mean? They didn't play at their absolute best, which we've seen them play, but they've still come walked away from Goodison Park, which is a hard place to go, by the way, and win 3-1 in the end pretty comfortably. So not all, it can't always be like, plain sailing and easy in this, this perfect football as they've shown all like, for, for a while now but for them to go to Everton not, Everton not play their best and win ugly I think that was a massive positive and without a kind of a makeshift back forward you know what I mean Fernandinho having to play centre half I mean I think that's a massive three points I do yeah, it was a, I think a good game a good football game for spectators for everybody they played after our first after our first goal and the goal we conceded they they played good we, we had the problems to control uh, Sigurdsson in that position in our left side we had the problems but uh, the way we started the second half that we played was so good of course we concede set pieces free kicks corners so it's you know it's difficult but uh, to, to control them because they are taller and stronger than us but we play so good in the way we play football was fantastic and your goalkeeper made two great saves as well not often we talk about him because you're on the attack so much but he had a really good game yeah Edison is an extraordinary keeper so he saved two with two one, but before we had chances, we arrived there in ideal situations for our wingers, and after we could not be more clinical. For example, last game when we play, but um, but it's good. good. Everton haven't been in great form recently. Did they surprise you? No, I knew it. Uh, the game we lost. Uh, football is like this. Sheffield when Sheffield came here, two shots and target, two goals. They shoot the fourteen or fifteen. They they lost. So. We fought 15 in Norwich, the Norwich shoot three, we give them and they won the game. So football is like this, at the end is what happened in the box the last game, our first five shoots and target five goals. So uh, football is most unpredictable, but the way the way we are playing is not just today in the Champions League, in the Carabao Cup and most of the games, is, it's, it's so good, we are playing at a high level. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. 
Um, Watford lost yet again, 2-0 at Wolves. Matt was there. Let's hear from the Watford manager, Kike Sanchez-Flores, with Talk Sports. Jeff Peters. Well, Kike, your um, difficult start continues yeah. in the league, another defeat. What are your thoughts today? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, today, I have the feeling that uh, we concede an easy goal in the first half and then was difficult for the team because uh, it's difficult. At the moment, you go um, down in the end with the score. Everything is more complicated. We are a little bit weak in that moment. We are conceding easy goals. We were not expecting about that after the war during the week. But anyway, now we know how is the moral of the players when we concede one goal. They went, they went a little bit down, but we, we try to support them. We try to give away a lot of recourse to try to, to change the situation. You started the second half quite yeah. brightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, in general, I know that we have more possession than the opponent. We shoot more than the opponent. But I don't like uh, this. Is not the kind of team we are looking for. We are looking for another team more uh, strong, more compact, um, making pressure for the opponent, uh, trying to even to use well the velocity of our strikers. If we want to do that, we need to be stronger in defense. We need to be more compact. We need to be more good in the pressure so this kind of things is important uh, we try to win or lose with our style the problem is we st still we are looking for our style i suppose it sums up when things are going not too yeah. well for you that yeah. you end up scoring an own goal like that yeah yes but this happened uh, I, I didn't leave this kind of situations too much with teams in the bottom with this uh, with no confidence and everything but i can imagine this what happened when it's not the, the the confidence is not so good it's not so high so i can imagine that it's possible when you are in the situation more closer to the to the to the draw and finally you can concede one on goal no i think this kind of situation is it's negative, it's negative, negative things around, so it's possible it's happened. And you've obviously come in cold, you've not had the pre-season no, with the players, no. so how difficult is it for you? But I accept, I accept the pressure. At the moment I came here to Watford, I know that this team, we need to fight a lot to try to avoid the situation. We have many, many games to play, we have many with the squad, we have amazing fans, so all these kind of things we need to change and it would be amazing, dreaming, that one day we are able to go to the team for another level. So this is the, now, if we want to change for this level, we need to suffer right now together. There you go, Kike Sanchez, as far as the Watford manager after they were beaten 2-0 at Molyneux. Let's uh, go to Molyneux. Matt Holland is there. Jeff Peters has been uh, talking to the players and reporting on the game for us uh, today. Were Watford chins on the floor as they left Molyneux today? Yeah, there's a real frustration and disappointment. They they are struggling at the moment. It just seems that nothing is is really going right for them. I, I made the point to, to Kike Sanchez-Flores there. Well, he, he brought up the fact that they had more possession. I think it was about 60-40. They had more than double the uh, shots that, that Wolves had. Uh, they had more shots on target and they scored an own goal. So I think that kind of just sums up the, the malaise around the place at the moment. But with with Flores, he's only been in charge for three or four games, so he's still new to it, and and he is, well, I say new to it. Obviously, he's back at the club for a second spell, but certainly in 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 this time he's coming. I think there's there's still amount an amount of positivity about him. He still believes that he can turn this around, but it is a really poor start to the season on the back of what was, of course, a very uh, weak end to last season as well. 
Um, is, is there any sign from what we saw on the pitch? And I'll bring in Matt Holland here as well, Matt. I mean, was there any sign that Watford? I mean, people keep saying to me their players are too good; they're not going to go down. Did you, did you get that impression today? No, I didn't. Uh, I, I thought Wolves weren't particularly great themselves. A lot of the game, they were in second gear, and I, I still feel as though they've won reasonably comfortably. You know, for all that chat about the better stats, Watford. Um, they didn't really do an awful lot with the ball. A lot of the shots came from distance. Patricio wasn't particularly tested. I, I, Matt, really... can, I, can I ask you, you know, was there any point in that game where you thought, Watford are going to get something out of this? No, not at all. I mean, Wolves were, were comfortable. You know, they, they, they're quite happy not having the ball. You know, Wolves, that's the way they play. They like to counter-attack, sit back uh, and, and hit you at speed and... and they looked more threatening than Watford did all afternoon. As I say, Patricio wasn't tested. He made one mistake where he dropped the ball at Cleverley's feet, but he was quick to react and made the block at the second attempt. And that was the only time I thought that Watford might actually score in the game. Um, and some of the set pieces were, were awful, weren't they? The quality in the final third, the delivery. You know, from, I think, Hollybass left, left side, he's got a decent left foot, normally puts a decent ball in. Some of the set pieces he had, some of the crosses he had, overhit into nobody, nobody attacking the ball. Defensively, they look a shambles. I mean, flat at times. Uh, Dawson and Cathcart were the two centre-halves today. You know, what you want is one attacking the ball, one following, uh, covering round. They were both very flat, no pace, couldn't get back, and Wolves got in behind them at will. And and so I'm worried with, about Watford at both ends of the pitch. And at the moment, they are where they deserve to be. And they, I, I don't... You don't see them getting out of it at the moment. And I just wonder whether the lack of Troy Deeney is is a bit of a problem because well, he, he's a leader, isn't he? Yeah, well, I said, when you're at the bottom of the table, what you need is character. You need people who are going to fight, roll their sleeves up. Cojones, as Troy would say. <laughs> well, whatever you want to call it. Mm. And um, he's got it. Yeah. And he and they desperately need him back fit and leading the line and and you know scrapping as well because you know things aren't it isn't pretty at the moment things aren't comfortable for them but it, they played comfortable today it was like oh yeah we played some nice football we played through midfield lovely but there was never any real bite about them whereas Deeney does offer that at the very least uh, Adrian I, I was talking to some of the local Watford media who obviously see them a lot more than than we do they see them on a regular basis and they just trotted out the, the the old cliche in the Watford team too many prima donnas not enough Maradonas <laughs> uh, let's speak to Mike who's a Watford fan uh, Mike you've changed manager you still can't win you're still bottom battered last week what on earth is going on at your football club Mike uh, I've got to change that voodoo doll AD. I, I, <laughs> let me just run through these stats because I, I didn't go today because I couldn't for work but 61% possession 14 shots compared to 6 from them Five shots on target compared to two of them. Six corners compared to Wolves having one. This is, you know, when we had, just reminded we had 31 shots against Arsenal and we can't put the ball in the back of the net. So, something is, is fundamentally going wrong on the training pitch. I know we've got a problem with the back four. We all know that. And I've been criticised by my own mates saying, oh, you're being a bit too hard, you're being a bit too hard. Am I? I just, you know, I said it from from day one, from game one. I've come on your program, which I'm very grateful, and I've said it to you guys. There is a problem there. There is. This is more than just a manager. There is a fundamental problem there. And if you've got those type of stats now, in a couple of games consistently, all right, the Man City one was nothing like. But I mean, certainly when they are sort of playing against teams where you think, well, you should have some sort of competitive. 
you know, spirit in you. It's just not happening. Until we sort that out, w- w- this is not going to change. Matt, I, I you've watched. You, Matt, you've watched the game. I mean, yeah. uh, the stats say Watford uh, probably should have got something out of it. Well, exactly. But... Yes, I, I mean, I went through the stats. Here. The fact is, they have more of the ball, more shots, etc., etc. But I never thought they would score. You know, Patricio was rarely tested. There was one cross from the far post which he he made a bit of a mess of actually. Dropped it in front of Cleverly, but it was able to get up and, and make a save at the second attempt. A lot of the shots are coming in from 30 yards and, and were fairly routine really for Rui Patricio. You know, when you're in the position that Watford are. You want to see players who are going to fight for you, players who are going to, you know, give it, show a bit of character. Um, and I didn't see enough of that today either. You know, they lose the ball and, and don't track back and, and try and win it back. You know, in the first half, Saar and Delafeu didn't track the wing backs. They didn't didn't help Yamat and Holibas, who aren't particularly quick anyway. And the amount of times, as I said, that they got in behind that Watford defence was was laughable. I mean, you know, you're looking for a bit of help from the forward players as well to get back into a shape. And I didn't see enough of that either. When you're at the bottom of the league, you need people who are going to roll their sleeves up. And Watford haven't got enough of those at the moment. What next? Do you change managers again? No, no, not at all. I'd listen, I, I, personally, I wouldn't have changed it the first time round. But, but, you know, the, the, whatever whatever they wanted to do up in the board side of it, they've done. We've got to get behind the manager, get behind the team. But, God, you know, we look so gutless. We look like there's no goals coming from anywhere and, at the moment, we're in a lot of trouble. Do you think there's one or two players who thought they might not be at Watford this season and are still there? Someone like a Decore who was linked with Everton for big money, Delafeu maybe, yeah. people like that who thought they might I, be elsewhere? I think Pereira, maybe. Um, I think Pereira definitely thought he wouldn't be here. Not sure about the other two. I think Decore, I'm hoping that they, they said very early on, you know, you're not going anywhere and you're very much part of the club. But it's, um, it's the same old thing. There's just no... The, the problem is, guys, and the, and the thing that worries me is we're in a relegation battle. If you look through that side, look through that squad, I don't really pick out anyone that's, that's going to fight and that's going to break, you know, crack someone in half to go and get the ball. And Troy Deeney needs to come back, doesn't he? He does, absolutely, yeah. You know, uh, as sooner the better, really, just to give us the, something. I just you know, think there's problems different. at both ends of the pitch, Carl. You, you know, for all the play you've had today, I think you've had 60% of the ball. Not really yeah. look like scoring. Defensively, you look like giving up chances and giving up goals as well. So both ends of the pitch are a big problem. Yeah, massive problem, you know. And uh, and I don't want to pick him out and, and single him out, but Craig Dawson, you know, since he's come in, he, he's done nothing for us, but he does look a championship player. And the, the longer the season goes on, the, you know, the, the more we're, we're heading into that into that championship. Big game break. next week, Sheffield United at home. Massive, massive, massive game. Have to win. No, no question about it. Have to win. Carl, thanks for the call. Sheffield United, uh, you can safely say, after seven games of the season, are better than Watford. I don't think there's any doubt about that whatsoever. And actually, it's really interesting at the bottom of the table, Matt, because Watford aren't very good. Brighton aren't particularly great. Newcastle, many people think they're just going to go. So you could have the three promoted teams. There's a, there's a situation there where you might think, hang on a minute, there are three teams worse than the three that got promoted. As it stands, Villa are currently in the bottom three. It's Norwich, early days. Just Norwich keep on losing games. Yeah, it's early days. I mean, often, um, you know, you see the, the promoted teams have a bit of a, a burst at the start of the season and then as the season goes on, you see them fading away and, and finding their way back towards the bottom end of the table. And actually, two of them are in the bottom four, aren't they? Norwich and Aston Villa. Sheffield United mid-table with those eight points. But it's, it's going to be a real fight, I think, for relegation this season. There's, there's going to be seven or eight teams who are right in the mix. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. Let's have a quick question about Tottenham. Um, because in terms of their performance today, Trevor... 
going down to 10 men, people can accuse Tottenham of being liable to... I don't want to use the word choke because I think it's too harsh, although that is the word that, that's been used a lot with Spurs. But I just think they deserve some credit because I think those couple of mistakes, uh, the first one, I mean, that goal, that, Hugo Lloris, as a manager, you can't do anything about that, can you? And then for Sergio Rio to pick up two cards and be sent off, again, you can't really do anything about that. So how much credit should we give Spurs after winning today against a team that they could have folded against? Yeah, I think you give them credit. You know, you want them to react well after the losses they've had and the, the starts of the season and the manager coming under a lot of pressure you know you've had that success getting to the Champions League final last year but for me um, yeah the goalkeeper error that's an individual error you can't really um, expect that uh, week in week out you want that consistency so you can't really expect um, to be able to avoid them all the times but for me Aurier you know, I think he's uh, he lacks discipline. Um, I feel, looking at him, I'm always not sure whether he's going to get a consistent performance, whether he's going to be erratic, whether he's going to give fouls away. And, you know, I've, I've never been 100% convinced. So I think on that side of things, he must see, you know, the manager Pochettino must see him in training day in, day out and must be man managing him say, make sure you keep that self-discipline, make sure you keep that control. But time and time again, it raises its ugly head. And, you know, I only, I got two red cards in 600 games, whatever it is. And, to see players be so ill-disciplined on the pitch, it's poor. Yeah. How many did you get, Darren? Actually? Red cards? Yeah. Uh, none. None? Yeah, none. Just, oh, well yeah. behaved. I mean, it wasn't a matter of well behaved. I just kind of... <laughs> as, I, I, as Trevor you said... You never tackled. It's it, it just true. Yeah, if I can get a block on, I'll do that. But I won't fly into the tackles. But, I mean, I agree with Trevor what you were saying there about Aurea. Uh, I mean, I, I, I prefer Walker-Peters because I know exactly what I'm going to get from him week in, week out. He, I mean, mm. he's, he's always going to play well. He's good distribution, but... Like his, his attitude towards the game as well, I think it's a lot better than Sergio is because the last thing you want, especially when you maybe going for a bit of a sticky spell, is your players losing discipline yeah. and these kind of situations happening. And it was fortunate they got through that one today, but there's going to be times where they're not going to be able to get through it. But well, mm. credit to the squad, you know, pulling together um, under the spotlight, a lot of criticism come their way, and uh, they get over the line, get the three points, and hopefully that'll be this kickstart to a better things for Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on them because there's a lot going on behind mm. the scenes. If you believe what you read at the moment at Spurs, a lot of discontent players if they can do that pull, pull together create a performance and take away three points today it's an important what, one isn't it what have you read laura <laughs> uh, well, I read an article, and it, hey, it's out there, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it was an article about players being upset with the training methods behind the scenes. So ultimately, it's an anonymous, as mm, you would expect, yeah. an anonymous yeah. source. I don't like these, Trevor, because I feel like it, this could be any player. This yeah, could be a, a, snake. a player behind the scenes who's not being picked in, in starting eleven, or he's out of form, or just isn't good enough, mm. that can easily go to any journalist and say, well, I'm fed up with this and I'm fed up with that. How, how are you supposed to really... If you don't know who it is and I understand why you're not going to say who it is but how are you supposed to believe those comments really well you can't and they can't prove it unless they're going to name the player so mm -hmm. um you know for me it's uh, it's flawed already but I will say you know Pochettino he comes across all charming to the media you know he's a good looking guy and he's very calm and calculated but I can imagine him being unbelievably tough on his players in training Good though, good. Is yeah, that, absolutely. Is that, yeah, absolutely. Is that not, that's, not what they need. Absolutely, and you look at Klopp, you look at Pep. All the best managers are like that. So uh, I, I'm with the anonymous player. Training's too hard. Uh, do you know what though, Trevor? I'll ask you a question as well. Is is be careful what you wish for. If you're that player behind the scenes and you're going to the press, because there's only one reason you do that is to heap pressure on a manager. Mm. Who's going to come in that's going to do a better job than Maurizio Pochettino at the moment? No one. And I think they'll be queuing. Big big clubs will be queuing if he, he became available. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, you know, I think the player must be in a situation where he's got no chance of playing because this, yeah. whether it gets out or not, 
Pochettino will find out at some stage. And when he does, you know, that player's got no future at the club, so... Do you think so? Is that is that easy to do? Do managers find out? I think managers. Yeah, I think managers will find out. You know, WikiLeaks find out about everything, so I'm sure they've got people at the club where they will find out the root of this. And mm. you know, I think it's a, it's a, such a small industry, the media as well. People will mm. tell certain people, and it can get back. It can filter back into the wrong um, wrong people's yeah. information. Hugo, that felt like a, a massive result after what's been quite a difficult couple of weeks. Yeah, I think uh, it was important to show a response uh, after the last few games. Um, doesn't matter the way we play today, I think we show personality and character, uh, especially after the red card and, um, and my mistake. Um, I think we show the togetherness that we used to show and that's... I think the most important today that we, we got the three points and now we are looking for continuity. Talk about that mistake there. Do you feel you made up for it with those two huge saves in the second half? Yeah, we know uh, as a keeper uh, you you can be you can face that type of uh, moment. Uh, the, the most important is uh, how you react to, to keep your shin up. Uh, I was really upset towards myself, uh, but that's normal. But uh, most important is the second half. Uh, <clears throat> I stay in my game and I stay calm and and today the, this mistake didn't cost uh, any points to the team and that's uh, the most important for me. Was the result more important than the performance considering what happened on Tuesday night? Yeah, when you see the other team, uh, sometimes it doesn't matter to play a fantastic football, uh, only the, the result matter. And, um, when we talk about consistency, uh, it's more about the result. Um, the performances will follow for sure. Uh, because when you are fully confident, uh, you start to play at one level that, um, that uh, you are looking for. Um, so, as I said before, it's just now to, to give continuity uh, after this game. Game day, your verdict. On Talk Sport. Chelsea won today 2 0. Let's hear from uh, Mike. He's a Chelsea fan. How are you doing, Mike? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, not bad at all. First home win of the season in the Premier League for uh, Frank Lampard, and uh, he's getting the job done. They're looking all right, Chelsea. It's interesting, actually, because um, I, I said to your research before I came on that it's quite impressive that if you put uh, Andres Christensen today, we had five academy players on the pitch at one point in time. Cool. Um, and, and the point about that is, is that their speed of thought, their ability, uh, their stature is growing as the season goes. And it's very, very early days uh, into the season. Mike, do you know what? It's actually about time that we saw some of the academy players in the Chelsea side. When you look at the FA Youth Cup record at that football club, when they've won it, what, six or seven times out of eight years, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, they've got so much quality coming through the ranks. It's actually about time that some of these players were given an opportunity in the first team. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think every Chelsea supporter has been willing it to come for a long while. And it's an interesting atmosphere at the ground because they will make mistakes. It's obvious for youngsters. I don't think it matters so much at the moment because... Everyone is just so enthusiastic as to what they're seeing. I mean, it might be it might be that Frank Lampard has, has consciously thought, I need to get some of these young players into the team. Mason Mount stands out as someone who, who's more than capable of, of doing it. But it also smells of being forced upon them because of the ban and they can't bring anybody in. Well, I think that's a, a, an interesting argument, but I wouldn't agree with it 100% because he could easily have paid Kovacic and Barkley as opposed to Mount today. 
He could easily have played Batshuayi instead of Abraham. He could easily have played a different sort of formation at the back without Tamori. So I, 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 I understand what you're saying, but there are still pl- plenty of experienced players there that could have replaced the uh, youngsters. They've done enough, though, to deserve a place in the starting eleven, though, haven't they? From what we've seen so far, you know, yeah. Mason Mount's been excellent. Tammy Abraham scoring goals. Um, Tamori's done well in the side. It won't be long before Rhys James gets himself into the team as well. As well, so they've done enough to suggest that they actually they deserve their place in the in the side. Uh, that, uh, and that's exactly it. The, the point was, I think that they themselves, when they started the season, you could almost sense a sort of, "I'm here, but should I be here?" But now they're actually growing into it, and you can actually believe that they're Premier League players, they know they're Premier League players, and to be perfectly honest, today's um, uh, what we saw, that, that some of them, the speed of thought, the speed that they can play the ball, and also the coaching that's gone into them, it's just incredibly impressive. Mike, thanks for the call. Um, terrific stuff from uh, Chelsea today, and you're right, Mount, hudson Adoy came on, Abraham was on the pitch, Tamori, Rich James was an unused sub, and there's others uh, as well, they are they, they are good enough, and you wonder if Conte was still there, or maybe if Sari was still there, would they all be on the pitch? And probably not is the answer. Well, Frank, first of all, you were craving a home win, you were craving a clean sheet, and you got both today. You must be an absolutely delighted man. I am. I'm very happy. Um, the the first at half time, you slightly worried because I think we had 17 shots, and uh, at that point, you wonder if it's your day. We created a lot. We dominated the game from start to finish. To be fair. Um, and when we got our breakthrough, um, it didn't feel like we were completely in control because you always worry because we haven't had a clean sheet. So, yeah, uh, happy on that front, happy for the team, happy for, for Kepper and the back four and the team in general because clean sheets are a breeder of confidence. Um, and we got one and one today. We were, we were very comfortable. I need to ask you about this penalty-taking situation because I'm getting confused. Mm. So against Valencia, you said that when Ross is on the pitch, he takes penalties. Mm. The other night you said... Pedro was on the pitch and you'd already told him he was taking them and today Jorginho takes them I mean at some stage I'm going to get a penalty um, well, just clear it out for us once and for all Jorginho is the penalty taker now and uh, Ross missed one and it's not a, a slant on Ross because I missed some in my career Georgie's very confident and uh, made a decision he's a penalty taker of course he wasn't on the pitch the other day and hence Pedro takes them I don't mind I don't mind in, in having different penalty takers but when Georgie's on the pitch you can take him if he takes him like he did today. He can keep going. <laughs> Absolutely, um, you've got a massive smile on your face. This this is a day when when everything worked out for you. Tammy could have had a hat trick. Mm. Mason won a penalty, mm. and even Callum got half an hour. Yeah, I mean, uh, I thought Tammy's performance without the goal is you know the, the crowd really relate to him because you can see he tries, he, he holds the ball up, he chases things, and he did that. He did typical Tammy without the goal. I thought Mason was fantastic. Mason's energy, his quality, his changes of direction, his brightness to win the penalty. Um, and yeah, it's a good day. It's a good day. I'm pleased. The only thing is, we could have scored more goals. You know, we could be more clinical in the box. Um, that would have made it a much easier afternoon. But um, it's good feel. It's a good feeling for the team today. We, we needed a game like that and a result like that. You really sound like a proper Chelsea manager now when you're moaning about not getting too many goals. And Lille this week, um, Champions League. If you can get your Champions League campaign off and running. Yeah, well, you know, it's a, it's a it's a big game for us, obviously, but even more so because of Valencia. You know, we need to try and get points on the board. It's a difficult place to go. They'll be in a similar situation, having lost their first game so yeah it's good to have the confidence the lads deserve a rest they can rest tomorrow and we'll focus heavily on Lille because um, we want to do well in everything we're in it's the Champions League and uh, the ultimate club competition so yeah let's go let's carry on from today game day your verdict on talk sport let's get a West Ham fan on then Michael is on the line hi Michael hi good evening good evening welcome to the show you've got Trevor here you've also got Darren you've got me but I imagine you're going to want to bounce your your ideas off the former players more than me aren't you (laughs) what would you like to say Michael Right, I think 
the resilience that we're showing and the determination and the, I mean, when we went to, you know, two one down at half time, obviously we've made a great start to the game going one nil up. Um, and no, when they sort of go no one all and do, you know, obviously then it gets like it's disallowed and then obviously allowed by what is VAR. Um, you sort of think to yourself, well, okay, it doesn't look like it's going to be our day. But I mean, coming out and obviously conceding so early in the second half, um, you know, our heads could have dropped. Yeah. But I think we showed really true grit, determination to just carry on. And we're grinding out results. And we're grinding out results <laughs> as well. So, um, yeah. So, uh, Michael, who's uh, that? Yeah, that's one. Um, that's one that's, um, it's uh, Nikki from, um, if I'm allowed to say, from West Ham Fan TV. Ah, oh, hi, Nikki. Uh, so, hi. It's, uh, we love you, Trevor. Thanks, Nikki. <laughs> love you too. Trevor, I just want to... I, I, I want to pick, <laughs> pick out a couple of things that, that Michael's just said about resilience. You don't always get that. I, I remember going to West Ham. I mean, it was literally last week when they played Manchester United. They won 2-0. Cresswell got a goal there as well. Brilliant free kick. I spoke to Declan Rice afterwards and he said that the feel-good factor behind the scenes is amazing at the moment. He, he, he was so bright and so positive about yeah. everything. And it's taken a while to get to that point, hasn't it? Yeah, it but it does take a while if it was easy everyone would be doing it you know it takes time it takes training it takes the players understanding the philosophy and uh, Pellegrini's been there now this is his second season um, I think the individual players that they've recruited are getting better and stronger and with that comes consistency and it comes that desire to want to continue to win and get performances and I think the way that West Ham have started the season um, it's kind of a little um, look at how they're going to you know, compete and play this season. If, if they keep on doing the same things, if they stay humble, if they keep training hard, if they keep on improving. And, uh, you know, Declan Rice, what 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 an amazing young man he is. Not just as a player, but the way he comes across, like you mentioned earlier, he seems yeah. bright, full of positivity. You know, he come under a lot of flack when he uh, changed his uh, nationality from yeah. Ireland to England. It's, listen, that's, that's bravery, because a lot of people would have squirreled that and thought, you know what, I'll get too much crap for this. I'm just going to stay with mm -hmm. Ireland. And then not being happy and thought, what if, you know, what if later down the line? So I think that takes a lot of bravery. And listen, my mum's Irish. I could have played for Ireland as well. Um, so, you know, I was a bit gutted that he, he did leave Ireland because he yeah. would have been a huge, huge player for the country. But I think he's made the right decision. And, you know, now he's in that squad. Now he's performing week in, week out in the Premier League. He's going to be excellent for England in the future, but excellent for West Ham now. And, you know, you look at Mark Noble in there. What, a, what an amazing uh, role model he is for, yeah. for, for young players coming through. Game day. The biggest football league in the world. Game day. Your verdict on Talk Sport. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com. 18 plus. Be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply.